Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate, or you can go to buymeacupofcoffee slash CraigU. All of these links are also in my show notes. And for people who donate, I have various levels of benefits. For $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. For $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by with your name at the start. Also, I'll state it's sponsored by you on social media. For $20, everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And for $50, everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to my username, Bairdo37. And you can find weekly videos on Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. If you want to find transcripts of every episode I've ever done, you can go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. And there's over 700 posts on Canada's history there. The area of Bragg Creek was occupied primarily by the Blackfoot, who covered most of southern Alberta and Saskatchewan for centuries. The bison were an incredibly important animal for the Blackfoot, providing them with food and supplies for their day-to-day lives. As Europeans pushed in from the east, the Cree would come into Blackfoot territory, sparking conflict that would last until the latter part of the 19th century. Due to the decline of the bison, the Blackfoot would be forced to sign a treaty to surrender their lands to receive rations and reserves from the Canadian government. Today, Bragg Creek sits on Treaty 7 land. Beginning in the 1880s, ranchers and their families would begin to settle throughout the territory of the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. They would travel along a route that became known as the Cowboy Trail, which runs along the foothills between the mixed forests of the Rocky Mountains and the grasslands of the Canadian prairies. Along the route, various communities would be established including Pincher Creek, Longview, Cochrane, and eventually Bragg Creek. Albert Warren Bragg, along with his young brother John Thomas, came to the area in 1894 and homesteaded. They are believed to be the first settlers to homestead in the area of Bragg Creek. According to G.E. Edworthy, who knew Bragg, the man was quite surprised to learn that the creek and district had been named for him. Bragg, overall, only had a passing interest in the area, described as, quote, interesting from a historical point of view, end quote. Bragg would eventually leave the area to move to British Columbia and then come back to Alberta to settle in the Rosebud District, where he operated a successful cattle ranch. Another prominent individual who lived in the area was George Livingston, who operated the Saddle and Sirloin Ranch at Bragg Creek. He was the eldest son of Sam Livingston, who was an early trader that met with the first detachment of the Northwest Mounted Police when they arrived in the Calgary area. Today, Sam Livingston is often called Calgary's first citizen, and his home was moved when the Glenmore Dam was built and now sits at Heritage Park. Livingston was also the first person to bring mechanized equipment for farming to the Calgary area. When he died in 1897 after the birth of his 14th child, his funeral procession was 40 carriages long. 
George Livingston developed a love for the area and would often ride alone through the area to enjoy nature. Edworthy would say, quote, It was then he developed a love for this beautiful foothills area and resolved that sometime he would permanently locate on the site of his camp, end quote. It was there that he would open his ranch, the Saddle and Sirloin Ranch, where he lived until his death in 1927. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. The community of Brad Creek would be established between a forestry reserve, the Sarcee First Nations Reserve, as well as a provincial park. Its close proximity to Calgary would also help the community prosper. Today, traveling around when you are young and staying in hostels is something thousands of Canadians do in their own country and abroad. One way they do this is through youth hostels. But the hostel is a relatively new idea. The first ever hostel in Canadian history didn't pop up in a major city or in eastern Canada, but right in the area of Bragg Creek. It was in 1933 that Catherine Barclay came home from Europe where she had used hostels that were set up for hikers. Coming to Canada, she told her sister about hostels and they would speak with Tom Fullerton, the fish and game warden for the Bragg Creek area. They received permission to set up a hostel on his property. One year later, with the Brad Creek Hostel proving so successful, the Canadian Youth Hostel Association was set up with hostels established in rural areas of the country and national parks. Margaret Ecker would visit the hostel in 1938 and state, quote, I'd never been inside a hostel before, and I was surprised at the compactness and the orderliness. Across the end, facing the door, was a strange deck-like structure that turned out to be a community two-tiered bed, each deck containing six straw ticks. In one corner of the 16 by 18 cabin was a kitchen as compact as a ship's galley. A scrubbed oilcloth covered the floor, and there was more oilcloth on the long table that would accommodate a dozen or more people. Dry wood was piled high beside the polished four-hole stove, quote. Unfortunately, the Brad Creek Hostel would close in 1947, and the original hostel's location only has parts of the cement rock fireplace still standing. It would not be until 1977 when a second hostel opened, but it would be destroyed by fire. In 2018, Parks Canada and the Historic Sites and Monuments Board of Canada unveiled a plaque to honour the creation of the first hostel in Canada. It says, quote, On May 13, 1933, Mary and Catherine Barclay and a few of their friends pitched a large canvas tent on Ida May White's property in Bragg Creek. They began to charge young hikers a modest fee for a safe place to stay and soon started a permanent home for the hostel on Tom Fullerton's nearby property. 
Inspired by the youth hosteling movement in Europe, the Energetic Barclay Sisters found the Canadian Youth Hostels Association. By the early 1940s, its success had led to the creation of a network of affordable accommodations in Canada, offering opportunities for independent and adventurous travel. End quote. In 1936, Bragg Creek was hit by a terrible storm that took down telephone lines and was described as one of the worst in recent memory. Thousands of trees were uprooted and broken off, and the Bragg Creek itself was completely blocked by fallen trees. Even the roads were blocked and it would take several days to clear them. Telephone wires were down in dozens of areas, and in one section of the village, a swath of large jack pines were completely wiped out for half a mile along a quarter-wide mile route. Several buildings also reported damage. The Calgary Herald reported, quote, The highest wind ever known raged for nearly six hours, leaving a mass of debris and destruction, end quote. Beginning in 1992, one of the most important and influential Canadian television shows began to film in Bragg Creek. North of 60, which was set in the fictional indigenous community of Lynx River in the Northwest Territories, was incredibly popular during its run from 1992 to 1997 on CBC. Most of the characters were Denhe, with some non-indigenous characters. The show explored issues such as indigenous cultural preservation, indigenous poverty and alcoholism, as well as land settlements and natural resource exploitation. The show was unlike anything that had ever been seen on Canadian television before with its strong focus on the indigenous, and it remains a popular show to this day and is watched around the world by fans, and many still come out to Bragg Creek to see the filming locations featured in the show as well. And joining me now from Bragg Creek, which is not exactly north of 60, but it's where the uh, series is shot, is Tom Jackson. Tom, uh, from what I've seen in the first episode, your, your character is a sort of a brooding blend of pride and stubbornness. That's correct. I think... Uh... Peter is not necessarily unlike me in some, in some ways, but uh, I think your description is pretty adequate. Yeah, I don't know much about him after watching the first three episodes, other than the fact that uh, I guess uh, at one time you met Pierre Trudeau, but I, I suspect there's a darker past to Peter. I'm not sure where, uh, where Peter comes from prior to what we know uh, of Lynx River, other than I think he's a product of the change. I think uh, Lynx River itself um, was not unlike a lot of communities in the north that uh, suffers from outside influences, i.e. the, the, uh, the crass world of, of uh, alcohol and drug abuse and that sort of thing. And the community has now become a dry community. And I think Peter is a direct uh, result and or partially the influence uh, that created the result of, of having a dry community here in Lynx River. Mm -hmm. Now, there's been a lot of roles recently anyway that, that feature dignified native leaders of the past, but this one it seems to me is one of the very few that I've seen that provides an actor like yourself with a modern native leader with uh, degrees of dignity. I believe that there's a lot of stereotypical roles that native people have played in the past and I myself have shied away from a lot of those things, particularly period pieces, but um, I also believe that, uh, and I'm in agreement with you when you say uh, that this is a new type of character being portrayed as far as native people are concerned I mean, you're absolutely right i think that this is a a modern sharing and this is a big step and a new and adventurous step uh for the producers to take the chance and bring uh the real life native people to the rest of the world and i think it's wonderful i hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at bragg creek if you did please leave a rating and review if you like you can email me at craig at canada you can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37.
As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash Canada EHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.